I guess we'll get started. Yeah, it's going to run. Don't worry about that. Run um, late if you don't. I am recording all this anyway. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, hey, guys. Um, as we were kind of saying, I do a uh, podcast, The Dollar Ben. We're recording this panel. We're recording all the other panels. So if you happen to miss any, we'll be posting those. And then the SC Comic Con Facebook page will be posting links to them. Also, there's some flyers up here on the table if you want to grab one on the way out. To remind you to check that out, you also have uh, interviews with a lot of these guys and uh, discussions about comics in general and stuff like that. And uh, we cover other conventions in the area, including Baltimore Comic Con and SPX in Maryland, which is a small press expo. It's a really, really um, good expo to kind of uh, come up with a lot of up-and-coming artists or just really hot artists that have been on the indie scene for a while that publish their own stuff. It's uh, one of my favorite shows. Um, but here we're going to talk about webcomics. And I've wanted to do a webcomic panel for a while now. Uh, it always doesn't work out, so you guys are lucky enough to <laughs> do this panel with me, which I'm going to turn down a little bit to discuss a little bit about what a webcomic is. And I like this panel because I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves. I think each of you take a different approach to webcomics. So um, I think this is going to be a really good coverage about what you can do with a webcomic. And I guess I'll start with Bridget. Sweet. I'm Bridget Connell, and I do uh, Brother Nash. It's a webcomic. Um, and it's about a trucker out in Arizona has a lot of Native American heritage, so a lot of the supernatural stuff that happens to him on the road is derivative of the folklore. So it has characters like crow, wolf, um, rabbit that kind of play a part in the story. And then your, um, just to kind of cover the format that you do, and you, and that's actually kind of on halt now because you're getting yeah. that printed, right? Can you, yeah, can you talk I can't, about that yet? I don't think I can talk about it yet. I'm <laughs> <laughs> signing a contract. It got found um, by a publisher, and so I kind of have to put everything on hold for now while they're writing the contract. So I don't know if I can say okay. the name yet. But I'll, say, I'll say the name. <laughs> I can't say the name, but Jason. But you post a kind of a full comic page. What you were doing once a week, or when yeah, you could, trying, like, to. trying to do once <laughs> a week. Once but a you would do a full, like basically, like a printed comic page, just in a digital kind of yeah. format, right. a web format. Yep. And then Jason, yep. you um, you do quite a few different things, I think. Yeah, I definitely do a few different. Things. <laughs> uh, so I do a web comic called Ninja Sword. It's about a dinosaur that's a ninja, and it's kind of all ages comic, and uh, he fights crazy bad guys like robots and aliens, and. Uh, I use uh, I use Comic Press, which is like a WordPress plugin. A lot of web comics guys use that. And uh, but yeah, what I do, I instead of posting like a, a full page, which I wish I could do, but I don't have enough content for that sometimes. Because like if I, what I'll take is like one storyline. I'll kind of chop it up into beats of the story. So each post will be different sizes and stuff. It's like the loudest panel room ever. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I don't have a consistent uh, amount of content that each post will be. It's usually, it depends on what's happening in the story. So I kind of, like I have, like when I print the comic, you know, there's a normal comic page. But then I'll, when I post it online, it's kind of chopped up depending on how the story's working. And how often do you post that? Uh, every week. Unless something's crazy happening. Like, my daughter had diarrhea last week, so I didn't post. <laughs> the crazy things happen. Yeah, sorry. It was just, that was a joke. I mean, she did have diarrhea, but that was a joke. 
<laughs> and uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Hart. I do a web uh, comic uh, called Lance Larson, Subcontractor for S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, it takes place in the Marvel Universe, so I don't see it going to being published. It's just out <laughs> just to kind of promote my art and my website. Uh, I'm a frustrated comic book artist from way back, and I'm, I thought, well, hey, this is an opportunity to do it. But uh, it's brand new, and uh, when yeah. I was asked to do the panel, I was saying, I don't know why I'd be able to contribute so much as but then maybe as the as somebody just like you guys in the audience that would be interested in doing one and and some of the early obstacles that you have to kind of kind of learn your way around uh but i'll probably learn more from these guys so i'm the i'm the uh, webcomic virgin so be uh be gentle with me today but uh uh i it's a it's like a sunday co uh, comics cartoon sort of karmic uh, page format to kind of fit the the monitor better that way and and uh I, and it's uh, I do a page a week comes out on Wednesdays at uh, heartcomicart.com. And you have I was I was looking through it and uh, what do you you have about six pages? Do you have more than that already? Yeah, it's yeah, about six yeah, pages. There's a good right? chapter in yeah. there, and I'm uh, I I got ahead before I put it on. I was working on it for a while before I so that I kind of have a little buffer. Mm -hmm. uh, but that from what I understand that that gets eaten up pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> And you kind of have yours just kind of posted as images on your website. Yes, like I you do. don't have yeah. you're not using Comics Press or right. anything like that. See, that's what I need to learn all about. I'm yeah. on WordPress and and uh, but I'm I'm uh, going to try to try to update it and uh, as I learn. And what do you use, Bridget? Where do you where are you posting yours? Uh, web Comics Nation. Yeah. It's a free website and it's really easy to use for the computer illiterate. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, Comics Press and stuff, and I'm just not that smart with technology. So I'm not either. I just had a friend that you know he knew he uh, he'd been using it, so I just got him to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all the technical aspects of it, it's kind of intimidating at first. Like you know, I'm I'm now I'm learning web design and WordPress and stuff, and I'm I'm more familiar with WordPress now. But when I started, I knew nothing. When I started, like LiveJournal was still kind of a big thing, <laughs> and uh, I would post on LiveJournal, you know, and my uh, and on my website, and because man, LiveJournal was huge with uh, web comics guys and indie comics guys in general. It was kind of like our first community. That's where I mean, when I when the first time I went to SPX, it was literally like just looking at my LiveJournal feed. It was <laughs> it was it was kind of like bigger than than DeviantArt even at like when it first started. But, yeah, even if you don't know the, the technical aspects of it, there are ways to, you can just find someone who does. <laughs> hope they'll do it for free. And so with so many different formats, I've always wondered, is there a definition of webcomic? I wouldn't think so. I mean, just if it's a comic online, that's about it. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like, you do, like, more of a strip. You guys do pages. tends to be um, just completely different formats. It's just a matter of location. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of my friends that do them, they do like the normal like gag strip where it's like <laughs> set up, set up, punchline, yeah. and each post is that. And I've never really been interested in that because that, to me, I, I kind of just wanted to tell stories. I'm not really interested in jokes. Like I have jokes, and I've done simple posts like that that are like kind of just funny jokes. But that's never, I'm way more interested in telling a story. Mm -hmm. So that's why, not that you can't do that with strips, but... If you're doing like a long, complex story, to me, that's why I kind of do the, I let the story dictate the format as opposed to the other way around. So is a webcomic just a means to an end? Pretty much. <laughs> is that what you guys are doing? I know, was that your intention, Bridget, to get um, it published? It definitely, whether or not like I would 
publish it myself. I just wanted to make a complete story. And um, I mainly started out because I wanted to do comic art. And I didn't have a story to go on, so I just made up my own and just, you know, made up stuff that either I wanted to draw or I needed practice drawing, uh, especially with, like, trucks and, trucks and vehicles and things like that. Like, um, they, they were, uh, I still have trouble with them. I'm not the best, like, you know, drawer, but I, <laughs> I'm getting better at learning, like, uh, vehicles and things like that. I'm some of the feature issues have a lot of bikes and motorcycles in them, so I'm going to be doing a lot of like uh, research, sketching, and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. And then Chuck, you so you've been at our at Borderlands. You're the one that all those big wooden paintings that, right, that I, Rob has were painted by you. Right. I'm I'm a graphic artist. I work for a publisher here in town, and uh, but I've read comics since uh, you know while nursing. I was reading comics, and so. Um, Mm-hmm. I've, I've always wanted to do comics. And that's one thing I love about um, the web, the Internet, is that it allows people to get, to be creative people, to get their stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Anybody will tell you that the, the, the most prohibitive thing about self-publishing is the publishing, the cost <laughs> of printing something. Yeah. But if you have a website or you get, you get a following, and then if you want to move on to uh, a print um, product, you've got a, you've got a following that, that can help, you know, uh, make you know make that worthwhile, and so. Uh, but for me, it was just like, hey, here's an opportunity. Uh, I might as well join the 21st century and and get online and do this and promote my my art, and, and just do something that's fun for me and hopefully fun for other folks. And then he mentioned uh, kind of creating a following, and I know Jason, you did your Ninja Star collection Kickstarter. Yep. And right. uh, you so pretty much the following is what kind of led to that. Yeah, it's. I would say, like, a lot of people ask, like, what's your advice for doing a Kickstarter? It's like, build your audience before you do your Kickstarter is number one, because they're not going to care if they don't, you know. Because I did my second Kickstarter, I did for a prose novel that I wrote, and thinking that it would be very similar to my Ninjasaur one that I'd done, but I'd built the audience for Ninjasaur for years, and this prose novel, it's like, no one cared, because they didn't know what it was, and I, I had never written a prose novel before. But I, it, like, it eventually got funded, thankfully. But it was a lot hard. I didn't think it was gonna. I didn't think it was gonna be a successful Kickstarter. It didn't look good for a while. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's that's my advice. Like, build, like building up your following at least a few years before you try to do something. You know, really. You know, that cost. You know, that's, that's the thing with printing. It, the cost of it is way better now than it used to be. Good grief. Mm. I mean, even with digital printing or with just going to UPS store and printing it yourself. Having those options is amazing because, like, 40 years ago, we would have, you know, we'd have to pay for offset printing, you know, at a small printer or something. It's just, it's crazy how much easier it is now. I don't think I could have done comics 40 years ago. I mean, I have to, like, move to New York and try to get some editor's (laughs) attention, and it's just, I couldn't, I could have never done that. And now it's, I mean, I just draw comics sitting on my couch. (laughs) I I ink in uh, in Photoshop, so I can just have a TV show on while I work. It's, everything is so much easier now than it was 40 years ago, even 30 years ago. I was, uh, back in, uh, back in the day in the late 70s, I was at the uh, Atlanta Comic and Fantasy Fair, and I was uh, showing some artwork to Neil Adams, uh, he was doing Marvel work at the time, or DC work at the time, and I he says, uh, where do you live? And I said, uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. And he goes, you want to be a comic book artist? You got to move to New York. <laughs> yeah, I know I've talked to, um, I'm floating around a little, I've talked to Sanford Green 
who's done some Marvel and some DC work. And I was like, you know, does it hurt you that you live in Colombia? He was like, no. Not now. <laughs> Not anymore, no. no. It's, it's, it doesn't matter where you live. You scan your stuff, you send it in, you move also, on. Yeah, there's so many good, like, Kablam and um, Comic Express Comic Express is gone. Is it gone? Yeah, oh. it there's off. a lot of good, like, um, when I first Amazon printed. Amazon does printing now on demand. Oh, do they? Um, I did, uh, there's this one uh, comics company in Tennessee called Quick Comics. They're really good. Uh, that's what I did, Brother Nash 1 and 2. Um, with, but it, there's a lot of like independent like uh, printers in like every state. You just got to find them, you know. And they're you know not too expensive. Kink, if you were like printed at Kinkos or something, it'd be like super, super <laughs> <laughs> like out of your pockets. But mm-hmm. Jason, what uh, what got you to jump into the web comics world? Um, I started doing mini comics, which are, if you don't know what mini comics are, they're literally just like going to Kinko's or FedEx uh, and just, I guess Kinko's doesn't exist anymore, FedEx office, and just, you know, <laughs> yeah. copying your own comics, fold them and stapling them, and that's, that's called a mini comic. But uh, I made a few of those, and I went to Fluke, which is like a small, small indie show in uh, Athens, Georgia, and I met a few uh, web comics artists, and I was and that you know that's how they built their audience, and I was like, well, that's that's what I should do. So then I thought of like, what should I? You know, I wanted to come up with my own story, and I was like, what should I do? And I did a, I did one called Hobo Ghost that I would post on Live Journal about this homeless ghost who would try to crash on people's couches. I did that one for a little while. That was it was good. I liked Hobo Ghost, and I did another one called Potty Talk, which is uh, it was just two guys in a cubicle talking. Because I had a cubicle job for 14 years, <laughs> and it, and I had a, like a guy sitting right behind me, and it was kind of based on just our conversations, and uh, so I did those two first, and those were they were okay, but then I came up with this word ninja sword, dinosaur that's a ninja, <laughs> and my friend Dean Tripp, who does a web comic called Butterfly, occasionally he's kind of been off and on on that, but anyway, he's like, yeah, ninja sword, you need to do that as a web comic, and I was like, I don't even know what web comics really are, but he's the guy who you know he knew WordPress and he set it all up, and. Um, you know, it kind of just built from there. And I guess one of the advantages when you don't have to worry about printing with, uh, I know with your webcomic at least, um, it's all full color. Yeah. Whereas when you print a lot of your Ninja Sword <laughs> stuff, it's black and white. Yeah, I'm, I'm finally about to do a full color Ninja Sword book. But, because coloring, actually, when I first started getting interested in com- and working in comics, I tried to do, to be a colorist. Because I, I went to art school, but I, you know, I learned graphic design, I learned painting, but I never learned anything about comics. I always, I wished there, I didn't even know there were, like, the, the comics program they have at SCAD. If I'd known that existed, I would have went to SCAD. <laughs> but I went to a small art school in Nashville and learned, you know, all the, you know, commercial art kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, if I'd known, that's, I guess that's another thing about comics, is, like, the, the best way to learn all the things is to just do it. Just do it wrong, like... Do a bunch of mini comics that are pretty bad for like a year or two, and then you'll start to get good. That's how you learn everything. Like it's because there are books you can read about making comics and stuff, but the the only way you'll really learn what you're doing is to make bad comics for a few years, which sounds ridiculous. But the thing is, people might buy them, and it's kind of crazy to be like you know to learn comics by selling bad comics to people. <laughs> but that's the best way to learn how to do comics. What's your background, Chuck? You said, you, well, as far as education, I guess. Oh, uh, I, have a, uh, I went to the University of South Carolina and got a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in adver- an intensive in advertising mm-hmm. uh, design. And so I've been a graphic artist and uh, an illustrator. Um, 
and so that's pretty much my background. But I, I draw for educational uh, publisher does um, educational material for to use with children, speech language pathology with children. So I get to doodle for a living is what I is what I tell people, and I draw kind of aim toward. Uh, and so that's why my comic kind of has a uh, kind of a Kim Possible, Danny Phantom type of look because I'm a big fan of that kind of kind of simple hardline type of type of look. But uh, um, but that's my background, and so. Uh, putting it together and, and, and putting a logo on it and things like that, that all came pretty, pretty naturally <laughs> because, um, because of my experience. But uh, so it's the writing angle that, that's been the real challenge to me because in the yeah. past, you know, when you're, when you're a fan and you just want to draw comics, I just want to draw comics, <laughs> and you make up the first about two pages and then you go, okay, where do I go from here? And you just sort of, <laughs> just, you got no plot. And so really the key for me on, on my comic was to, was to script it out, and so scripting out a couple of chapters, and then before I even started drawing more than simply character design, was a was a was a real breakthrough for me in the area of uh, putting together a, uh, any type of uh, long term project. And so, because uh, I guess you guys all write and draw and do everything for your web comics from start to finish. Yep. Does that help get it done, or do you think it would be better if you had a writer and you were just drawing? It kind of helps a little bit because, well, maybe actually it helps in the way that if something doesn't, if you write it a certain way and then go to draw and it doesn't quite work or you have too much action in one panel, yeah. mm-hmm. you can always go back and rewrite it. But then it's like, <laughs> why? Well, I don't like this either. And I don't like this either. So then you end up like rewriting a couple pages and, and then trying to do the artwork again. So it might be more time consuming, but I kind of <laughs> like that about it. And when you printed you, when you printed yours, Bridget, you printed full color of your brother Nash because you had yeah. the first and second issues of Brother Nash printed up, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that quick comics in Tennessee helped me out a lot. But yeah. when I went to FedEx, it was like <laughs> it was gonna be like four hundred dollars. I was like, are you kidding me for one book? It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, as far as doing it all myself, that was the only way it was ever going to happen. Yeah, because. The thing is, it's like if you're making a comic yourself, like you can talk to your friends that might want to help you with it and stuff, but I guarantee you no one is going to care about your comic more than you. Mm-hmm. Like trying to get other people to work with you, it, it, collaboration can be great and it could add a lot that wouldn't have happened otherwise, but getting people motivated, you know, it's, it's rough. Like I've tried to do some collaborations and it's just, you know, there's always something that usually falls apart. So the only way that I know for sure it's going to happen is if I literally just do it all, like lettering, coloring, I fold and staple you know, some of my stuff. <laughs> it's, no one's going to care as much as, as much as you do about your comic. Do you guys um, advertise at all or do any kind of ad revenue on your, your web comics? Just billboards on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be that Project Wonderful... <laughs> Do you remember Project yeah. Wonderful? Yeah, one they, cent here, two cents here. So I mean, maybe that worked for some people, but that was terrible. That it was, was that they, never they looked it. bad too. Yeah, that never bad. worked out. It was a way to like advertise on other people's web comics for your web comic, and you might make like you pay like a you like auction off the ad space. Was, so I like, think that worked for like the big people. But I think we made twelve cents when we did ours. <laughs> yeah, it was not. It was, it was a good idea, but not really. Yeah, but yeah, I just the best way to advertise now is on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, but as far as other people advertising on your sites or having ad spots or anything, you just are you guys that. looking for revenue through web comics or is it just more of an outlet or or what? Yeah, I just 
I make money on the print side. I don't make any money on the website. I don't really, I don't care about that. And I, when I look at other people's web comics that do have advertising, mm-hmm. it, it, I usually don't like it. It's distracting. It's kind of annoying. It's, it's fine. And I understand why they do it, especially if you're getting a lot of hits. <laughs> I think that would be the difference. If I was getting like a crap ton of hits, maybe I would do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've just never, I've never wanted to, to you know, dirty up the page with a bunch of banners and stuff. The the one cool part though is like, because um, I did this with the first issue, Brother Nash, and well, I think I did one with the second issue, but getting uh, your friends and guest artists to do uh, pinup work yeah. in the back of the book. Mm-hmm. Like that, and, and like putting information on like where you can. It's kind of like just a community thing. It's cool to do for other like artists and stuff like that. And plus, it's cool to see other people draw your comic. You know, it's cool to see other people draw the characters and stuff like that. You know, uh, do you have the Ninja Star collection? First? I'm sold out right now. You're sold That's out. The you one said I'm, you're going to do another. Yeah, I'm getting a color version of that by Heroes Con. Bridget has a pin up in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool to, like she was saying, getting other people to, to draw your character. And that's another kind of thing that, that a lot of webcomics artists do. We, we do guest strips on other people's comics. Like I did a guest strip on Mike Mayhack's Cleopatra in Space. And it's, you know, where Ninja Sword crossed over with his character. That's, that's kind of a fun thing that a lot of webcomics artists do. And, uh, I mean, do you ever see webcomics as a living I, ha- I know people that do, and yeah. they make good money, but you can count them on, like, one or two hands, the people <laughs> that, that live that life. It's crazy. Like, Is it all advertising? Like getting It's, it's everything. It's advertising, merchandise. It's, it's a little bit of everything, like selling shirts, selling merch on the site. It happens, but it is pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, I know the first webcomic I ever think I read was probably back in 2004, and it was um, Control-Alt-Delete. Yeah, I've heard of that one. And uh, it's a like a video game kind of webcomic. He's been doing that, and he he went full time. That's yeah. what he does for a living. But he reviews games for things, and he does yeah. a lot of ads on his website. And, yeah, you know, a lot kick, of the ga- kickback like, sales and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gaming aspect of webcomics is pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Those those guys do pretty well. And there's a couple that just comedies that, they, you know, they just. It, I think the, the what I was saying, like some people do the gag strip jokes. Those mm-hmm. seem to be the most popular. Honestly, I don't know a. People that do the long form storytelling, I don't know any of those that that do it for a living. Most of the people that I, the the big people, they do gags. Yeah. So maybe that's the key. <laughs> I don't know. What are the uh, what are the the downsides? What are the pitfalls of web comics? <laughs> are there any? <laughs> we know the advantages. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really think there are any. Do you when you so you try to post regularly and occasionally things happen? Do you? I mean, do you find that if you do slip off, you lose audience? Definitely. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. That would yeah. be one of the pitfalls, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's a pitfall. Yeah, there was a to... there was a time I can't remember why I was probably working. So I, I do another comic called Gruff, which is only in print. And that's uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll probably do a Kickstarter for that eventually. Um, when I would take time to work on that and not be updating Ninjasaur, it drops off immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's hmm. that's a that's a big thing. Like updating constantly, as constant as you can, to keep your audience engaged. And not every not everyone checks in every week. A lot of people will catch up. You know, after a month, they're like, "Oh yeah, there's that thing. I'm way behind." And then they'll read like, you know, thirty strips in a day. 
That's what I do. Yeah, that's what everybody, I think it's what everybody. That's what I do. I think it's what everybody yeah. does. Oh, people do that with our podcast. Yeah, and nobody downloads it. Our podcast never gets downloaded the day I post it. It's yeah, like, I, I, it's like I look at my hits that people listen like to my it. hits will be like you know normal, normal, and then one day they'll be sky high, and I'm like, what happened? Did someone link to it? And there just there won't be anything. There won't be any reason. I'm like, I guess people are just catching up that day. Yeah. So you guys track? You oh keep yeah. An eye on the, were you able to track that through your site? And then you have yours kind of like, do you see regular traffic or do you see any hits on your images and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, well, I can see the hits on the, on the site itself. Yeah, That's yeah. It. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought I had one more question, but maybe I don't. Uh, audience questions? Web comments? Yeah, let's come back here. <laughs> um, do you guys use like Google Analytics and try to like manage trend or anything? I know that you guys just kind of said you monitor on the site itself, but... I, like the other day, our comic, I I had no idea what happened. <laughs> we had like three thousand hits, three thousand hits, twenty seven thousand hits. Like, <laughs> and I I can't tell where it happened. But I was just curious. You said you had the spikes like that, but do you ever try to like regulate it, try to figure out what you did, and then reproduce that? Yeah, I've tried to do that, and most of the time, it literally is. Uh, like an, it's usually it makes sense. Usually it's like oh there you know there's an interview or something that was posted or someone thought something was posted on Twitter or something got passed around somehow. But there are times I don't I've never used Google Analytics. I just use uh, like Stat Counter or something like that. I think that's the website I use. And it'll I mean it tells you the country of origin. Like I'm huge in the Philippines at sometimes. <laughs> it's super weird. Like like in Australia I get a lot of hits from Australia. I don't know what's going on there, but. You like their ninjas. They do. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes it just won't make sense. I don't. I can't track it down, which is you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's, I always assume that our hits like that are just bots or web crawlers. It could like, be. I, yeah. It's like it's like the da- It's like the, the pessimistic side of me. It's yep. like oh, well, it's probably just some <laughs> web crawler found it. And I no usually post like it. links um, through my Facebook, and I just. You know, you can look up, like, when's the best for, like, artwork and stuff, like, what time of day would be best to post it, and, like, uh, how big the audience is for that time of day and things like that. I don't ever put that much thought into it. <laughs> I think what, <laughs> you're smarter than me. <laughs> but Facebook is huge. Yeah, Facebook I mean, as is far huge. As, as far as the webcomics, I, I know a lot of the webcomics that I do read regularly, it's because somebody on Facebook is constantly posting, hey, new page up, hey, new page up. Yeah. I go, oh, yeah, I haven't read that one. And, and I'll go back and I'll read those. Facebook has been huge for keeping me reading web comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another one with the control alt delete. He has an app, so it's an RSS feed to his oh. web comic basically that yeah. I install. So I don't have to go to his website. I go, oh yeah, that app. Then I click it and yeah. I read it and I've, I I remember. Of course, I'm fell behind on him lately, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, as far as marketing and Facebook and stuff like, I think it's probably pretty huge. Uh, anybody else out here? You had mentioned, um, like, keep posting up so you don't lose readers. Other than guest scripts, what would you suggest posting up during breaks? Huh. Yeah, that was the one thing that I did. I would get guests, you know, like, even just trying to get someone to do, like, a simple pinup. And mine's an all-ages comic, so I try to get kids to draw Ninja Sore, and then I would post that. <laughs> that would be a nice filler. <laughs> yeah. You can get creative with it, you know, and if... Even if you don't draw a whole page, if you were to do, like, um, a little picture of, like, one of the characters that's really funny. Like, I have a character named Ray who um, drives a truck all day, and he he has, like, these sermons over CB radio because he thinks he's, like, 
he's trying to be like all uh, encouraging to the other truckers, but he's really dumb, so they come off like really stupid. So like sometimes I'll just have like quotes of him like talking in the CV radio and just like one single panel phrases and stuff like that. So. Um. Any other? I actually had a question, but I forgot it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Um, do you guys read web comics? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like regular comic, regular printed comic creators. <laughs> a lot of times you ask, you know, what are you reading? And they're like, I don't have time to read no. comics. <laughs> <laughs> There's guys... a couple I'll, I'll visit every now and then. Like I know uh, Ben Towla. I can never Toll. Toll. Um, yeah. I did it wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Mental, uh, he does Oyster Wars, which is always awesome. Uh, I would suggest checking that one out if you guys are into webcomics because the artwork's fantastic and the story's good too. But, um, and then Ninja Sore. (laughs) 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 There's one more I can't remember. Oh, I used to read Axe Cop when it was more of a webcomic too. I didn't realize that was a webcomic. Yeah, it was a webcomic first and then it got picked up by Dark Horse. Hmm. Yeah, I read very little these days because I'm always drawing comics and I got a two-year-old and I'm doing freelance work so I, I've kind of dropped off. I, I read my friend's stuff if I have time. That's, that's about what it's gotten limited to. <laughs> Did you, do, you, uh, do you read any chance? I, yeah, I still pick up comics. I'm, uh, I'm a Marvel guy. I read mostly Marvel comics but uh, I really have been enjoying Image uh, and some of the, the titles at Image because they've kind of gone in a different direction and you don't, you don't have the tights and fights as yeah. much anymore. You have more <laughs> Uh, more creative, more in-depth type of characters. I like Saviors, which is going on right now, which is a good title. But uh, but there's always some character uh, storyline, a story arc, or whatever that the art's cool and the story's cool, and uh, that so I'm picking up a uh, but nothing really regular. I just I don't have a I don't have a file, and I'm okay. Yeah. I'm buying something <laughs> every month, but there's uh, but there's always something cool out there to, for inspiration and for just enjoyment. I know well, one creator who I tried to get up to SC Comic Con, but he wasn't able to, is, um, is Drew Wang. He lives in Athens. He has a new webcomic that he just started, um, uh, Margot Malou's Case Files. It's a pretty good webcomic that he's been posting weekly about uh, this haunted hotel kind of thing, and some family moves into there, and it's, it's pretty good. Um, that's a good one. Uh, the huge one that's been going around lately is Hip Hop Family Tree. I'm a big fan of Hip Hop Family Tree. Um, Ed Piscor is doing that. And it is a webcomic about it's a complete history of hip hop starting from the very beginning. And uh, it's going to be the most extensive coverage of hip hop history collected <laughs> ever when it's finished. And he's been working on that for a while. It's also printed. And that's a really, really good one, especially if you're into hip-hop. It's, it's a great, great webcomic. There's a few out there. There's some good ones. <laughs> um, any others? Any other questions? You're quiet. Everybody's quiet. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. Is your process still the same as far as producing web uh, comics as opposed to print comics as far as... Uh, do you work more digitally when you go to web comics, or are you still using the same process, paper, scan, ink type process? Um, because my web comic was going to be, I intended it to be printed right off the bat. Um, the process artistically is the same. Like I'll use the same mediums that I would normally use. The only thing that's different is I do a page at a time. Whereas if I'm working on an issue, I'll do like all the pencils, all the inking, and then all the coloring. 
but with um, with web comics, um, I just do pencil, ink, color, one page, then work, move on to the next. The other thing that um, I actually meant to say earlier was when you're doing web comics, um, when you were talking about the uh, the punchline, um, like setting up for the punchline, even though um, like I don't have just like four panels every time like lined up I'll have like a comic page panel wise but um, I'll make sure that every page has a punchline in the meaning of like every page is fulfilling to the reader when they visit it like because usually if you do a page a week um, you want them to be satisfied when they finish the page like you always want something happening every page that you know it's not like to be con- well, it's going to be to be continued because it's a comic book, but um, it's just a satisfying read in one. Yeah, you don't want to leave them hanging in the middle of like you can't like cut it off in the middle of a the same kind of conversation. Yeah, yeah, I feel, that's that was my goal as well. Is that is that every page would um, would end with a? It's almost like every page is like a little cliffhanger. Something's happened, but it's um, but it's like Leading boom. There's a reveal right at the end of each page, and then you. Sets it up for the next page. Yeah, I think my process is pretty much the same. Because, again, because, like she said, because I know it's going to be printed eventually. My The process is pretty much the same. I work almost all digitally now, other than the pencils. But that's that's just the way it's kind of gone for me because it's easier on my back. <laughs> it's more about that than, than the end product. And I'm, I'm pretty much a dinosaur in that, and, and I mostly work in print work. But, uh, but uh, it is very much the same. Uh, the end. The end product is just um, is just put on the. Um, I mean, it's on the internet and and this uh, RBG instead of CMYK and and at a lower resolution so that you can uh, you, you know so it'll be faster and and uh, easier to load. But uh, but you can um, you can take those digital files and make go from one format to another pretty easily. So it, my I work uh, just pencil it out, scan it into the computer, and ink it in um, either. Usually an illustrator, and then I'm I'm able to take take that and um, outline it and 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 drop in my color. So I still color an illustrator, but some there'll be some upcoming pages where I've got some some uh, more uh, more painterly um, uh, Photoshop work in there. You just ink so. and color an illustrator? Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I letter an illustrator, but I don't know anyone who inks and colors yeah. an illustrator. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear about that. <laughs> Since, yeah, it is more. It's it's a yeah. It's a line art, and then uh, and and I was using stylus, and I'm, I'm trying to find that's something that I'm learning too. Is how do you streamline the process? Because you know, to make it to where it's just it's just more efficient way of uh, accomplishing it. So, um, so yeah. So I've been learning some ways to do that. Do you guys feel since? Since webcomics isn't, isn't your full-time gig, you guys are doing a lot of other things, that doing the webcomic keeps you kind of working on your craft, where like if you weren't doing a webcomic, you may backburner a lot of these projects, but because you feel the need to get something up weekly or as often as possible, that it keeps you kind of driven? It's definitely a motivation, because like, I haven't posted in, I think, two weeks. For various reasons, <laughs> yeah, not, not even guilty. It's just like it's a it's just a reminder and a pressure that wouldn't be there otherwise. Like if I was just trying to get a print comic done before a convention, that would be different than I need to post this week. I need to post, you know, sometime soon, or one person could become uninterested forever. 
you know, I find that having a career in, in, in commercial art and design, you find out you're doing, you, you're doing other people's ideas and other people's work. You're a problem solver. How do I take their ideas and make it look good? But, and, and rarely uh, there'll be times when you go, man, I'm, my, own, my own artistic expression is, is just don't have time for it. And yeah. so, so I'm finding that the, um, that's, you know, that's what the, the web comment is for me right now is, is uh, okay, and I find out that, that hey, I'm, I'm learning new stuff and I'm pushing myself a little bit further in this that I may not have done and I've, I've fallen to the routine. Okay, I know how to do all this. And, and, uh, and so I find it as a, as a great outlet um, for artistic expression that I'm not finding in my, in, in my nine-to-fiver. Yeah. Um, Bridget, is Brother Nash is still up, right? You're just yeah, not adding to it now. right now. For now. <laughs> but, yeah, I always check it out before I have to take it down. I have two and a half <laughs> issues up for free. Okay. So. And I, just, I, was, I was listening to a panel that Sean moderated earlier, and she had all y'all's tables numbers so people could be directed to your table numbers. Um, I, don't, I didn't do that. She's, <laughs> she's more considerate than I am. Um, do you guys know your table numbers? I, I I'm in aisle 500, and you can see my banner. Yes, <laughs> apparently the, above yes, everyone else. The I'm right behind her. Yeah. I'm, uh, if you see the 600 banner, I'm kind of somewhere below it a little bit. Yeah, and I'm on, f- in f- on 400, right in the center, 433. It's the okay. Did you guys have any more questions? You want to go? Okay, there's a couple more. <laughs> um, do you think that? Because of the, uh, the like punchline, where every every time that you post, you want something that's going to hook the reader into the next one. Do you think that then transitioning to the written form or the, the physical format, that there's going to be an, a difference, or it's going to seem almost choppier, I guess, in the story as opposed to going in predicting to write a whole comic, a physical comic itself? I think um, I think if anything, it'll kind of change because the reader looks at two pages at once. So I think, if anything, it'll change it to, like, a two-page punchline, I guess. Um, but I think the main thing is that it made me aware of that every page, like, needs to be satisfying to the reader. Um, what kind of process do you, you guys usually use when you take an idea and put it in written form so you can write out the story and stuff like that? I'd type out... Uh, like a full script first, but which a lot of people don't do if they're drawing their own thing. They just kind of start drawing first. But I've always really, I really work on the dialogue for a while, like sometimes for a year. Because <laughs> I can write years ahead. That's, I'm fine with that. And, you know, I might not be able to get to it. I might not be able to draw it for a year and a half. Because I, I, the thing I'm drawing now, I'm finally getting to Ninja Source origin. And I came up with that seven years ago. It's kind of crazy that I've just now, I've tweaked it a lot over the years and I've, you know, I've made it a lot funnier. Like that's my main goal. That's why I punch up the dialogue so much. Cause I'm always like, there's gotta be something funnier. Like I'll literally, I'll write a note to myself, like write funnier joke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I work on the dialogue a lot and then I'll break it down into thumbnails to figure out like, all right, this much dialogue is going to, this scene's going to take up this many pages or it's, this is an important scene. So I need a bigger panel or something like that. But I start with uh, the dialogue and stuff first. Hmm. Yeah, that that was also again again my breakthrough on that was also was writing it. I write it like a like a movie script, you know, and just a little bit of dialogue uh, description. It's not prose; it's just there to help guide me along. And uh, and so I'm I've got a long story arc and concept that'll take me about a year to tell, and uh, in chapters. And so um, it's. 
it it's kind of like building a bridge. I've already started one side. I know where I know, there's some framework on the other side, and I know what it'll look like when I get there. And so as I'm as I'm doing the artwork, and I I'm already thinking two chapters ahead and knowing where I'm going to go with that. But I've also started something where I allow uh, readers to to make comments and say, hey, I'd like to see this or see this character. And so I can kind of help. It can be kind of fan-directed as well, and I can get their their input in there. And they, if, I, if I give a little credit to somebody, then that's a little... Little pat, you know, a little encouragement to fans, and so uh, I'm kind of plugging it as being sort of a, a semi-fan directed strip because I know where it's going, but we just don't know where Lance, who Lance is going to meet along the way. So, but that's a key thing I think is 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 writing it out and having having a clear cut um, idea of where it's where it's going to end. I think for me. Um my uh, first series of Brother Nash is going to be six issues completed. Um, so when I came up with the story arc, I um, decided what's going to happen in uh, each issue. Uh, and then when you focus on an issue, I'll um, write a brief outline and then um, make, uh, I'll, on Microsoft Word, I'll do like, um, I'll list all the pages out. Like I want each one to be like 28 pages. So I write a brief sentence of what's happening on each page. And then um, I'll just go back and add detail to all that, um, what I want the characters to say. Um, the interesting part, I think, about writing comic books is, because I've, I've written stories like just as a hobby before, just writing. Um, and you have to, uh, like, you can only write so much dialogue, I guess, at least for me and what I want to happen in each issue. Because people get bored easily if there's a lot of, like, talking and no action. So you really have to make the characters say almost blatant remarks of what's going to happen in the future. And, like, even stuff that you reveal artistically, like, through the artwork, you have to, sometimes you even have to say, whoa, it's a cow, or something like that. You know, like, whoa, there's a truck over there. You know, because sometimes the readers just move so fast with the artwork that, um, that you may think it's obvious that it's happening, but... The reader's like, wait, there's a truck? Where did that come from? You know, so um, it's interesting because you only have so much space to write the dialogue. You really have to, in a not poetic way, but in a way that characters would actually talk, you have to reveal a lot of information. Hmm. Yeah, I found a gimmick for mine as well, isn't that? Um, I, I, did a, I did the first chapter, and I got just missing something. It's just not, there's just something that's not there. And so I went back and I added... Uh, uh, where Lance quotes the, he he lives his life according to an out of date field agent handbook, and so he quotes the handbook all the time, and then in the action he's he's doing just the opposite of what it says, and <laughs> and uh, and so that, that that oh okay that communicates to the um, to the reader what's supposed to happen and what's going on and how he's how he's handling the situation and how, how the plot is moving forward. I guess that's one of the huge advantages of doing it start to finish by yourself. Like, as a writer, if I was going to have one of you draw my book, I would have to write the script <laughs> way more in detail. Like, you, you're writing, yeah. like, one sentence, like, hey, don't yeah. forget this happens in this panel. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have to be like, this True. is exactly what it looks like when yeah. it happens, and this is what he's going to say. And Yeah, I've written scripts for other people, <laughs> and it's kind of terrible. It's You have to, because you think they're, like, you think 
you have to get the image of what you have in your head into their head. And that is not an easy thing to do. Even if you're an, an artist, it's, you know, sometimes it, like I, I was working with a guy and I was like, man, it'd be easier if I just drew this for you. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy. Yeah, when, I, when I'm writing my scripts for myself, I might write like Ninja Sword fights this dude. Whereas, you know, I would want to, like, I don't know how many pages that's going to take. I don't know how many panels. And I'll just figure that part out as I go. Because I don't plan out, like, you know, the action type stuff in the script. I'm just like, you know, they fight. And then I'll figure that out through, you know, like 100 drawings. I might figure that out how it's going to work. But, yeah, when you're writing for someone else, like, they're going to fight. Then you got to break it down into panels. And it's, it's kind of crazy. Also, if you're, unless you're Stan Lee, don't write the Stan Lee way. Like, yeah, if, yeah. for other artists, oh, like, man. if you are a writer who wants to do a webcomic and you're writing for an artist, don't be like, don't do the, don't do the way that, like, we would write for ourselves. Don't, yeah. like, <laughs> Ninja Sword fights a guy. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah. the, the Marvel um, method was that Stan yeah. would write a plot and he'd give it to Jack Kirby and Jack Kirby would draw, break it down into pages. He'd send it back and Lee would write the dialogue in. Yeah. And if you'd ever read uh, the Kirby Collector magazine, you can see pages where they've got arguments going on in the, <laughs> in the, in the panel yeah, lines yeah. and on the, in the margins. Like, <laughs> no, margins. change this back. No, I did this. And they send in it. They're mailing it back and forth to one another. And that was one of the big things with that was always that you would send the, the script, the loose script to the, the artist. The artist would draw it up and you'd get it back and you'd have to change all the dialogue yeah. because it just didn't match with what the, the so artist came loose. back with. Yeah. Yeah, what's, this, what's this obscure uh, panel here of a shoe? I don't know how to fit that into it. <laughs> But um, I guess uh, we've been about an hour, so I'm going to let everybody get back to their tables and uh, close up the con. Uh, Bridget Connell, yeah. uh, and Jason Horn, <laughs> and uh, Chuck Hart. And you guys are out on the floor. You've got stuff for sale, and uh, yep. you can talk if you have any more questions. I'm sure everybody would be happy to talk yeah. to anybody. And uh, thank you guys for uh, joining us on this panel. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>